You're listening to the Struggles We Grow From podcast. We're Austin and Sydney Prince. Let's get into today's episode. And hey guys, and welcome back to the Struggles We Grow From podcast. I just hit the mic with my hand. That's okay. Hey, it's Austin and Sydney. We're so excited that you joined us for another episode because we are talking about the cliffhanger. We're talking about grannies, right? That's what we're talking about? <laughs> we are going to talk about the drama in the Christian world with the Grammys that just happened a couple nights ago. And I'm going to go ahead and start with we did not watch the Grammys. We have not watched the Grammys. I've seen enough clips on social media and photos and all of that to get a very good idea of it. Mm. And I just wanted to to talk about this because it seems to be on my feeds that believers, that Christians are just, you know, they're in a huge uproar mm-hmm. about, about this mm. and bringing light, you know, to it in a way— that is very fearful. Yeah. So it, it it's rooted in fear, mm-hmm. and so I don't really care to go into detail on oh, at this second in the show, like Sam Smith did this, and then Beyonce did this, and they were wearing this. I don't really care to get into the specifics because some of you probably didn't watch it. We don't have cable in our house. We don't allow that stuff really to enter into our home, Mm -hmm. especially because our kids are here. And our number one thing is always, like, we protect. And so we just don't allow that stuff. I don't even remember the last time I watched the Grammys, honestly. I've never watched the Grammys. I think I maybe watched—I mean, this is a long time ago. I think I maybe watched it a couple times— with my mom when I was maybe like in middle school or something. I didn't really care that much. (laughs) But anyway, they just kind of went downhill real quick. I mean, they've always been downhill. I don't know. Whatever. But anyway, the root of this is we just want to talk about, okay, this happened. You know, hell, Satan, the idea of being in hell and being in bondage and slavery and everything was glorified and made, oh, this is awesome. Like, you should want this. And everyone's, and then not to mention, they had a transgender person who was, um, when people were walking up, that was the person who was interviewing people. So they're, you know, glorifying that. And then everyone's talking about it and there's cheering and everyone's woohoo. And like, as believers, a lot of you guys are so fearful of that. And I think it's because in your eyes, you know, that saying that old people say, well, back in my day, things weren't as bad. <coughs> things weren't as bad back in my day. Why are you hiding your teeth like you've, <laughs> like you've lost all of them? they don't have do any. Well, some of them. Anyway. No hate about it. I'm just saying. Oh, my gosh. I can't even believe you did that. Yeah, so there's so much to talk about in this. Um, I know Sydney's idea is probably like, 
hey, how should we like navigate this? But I think it comes down to how you view the world and potentially how you view the end times affects your outlook on current situations. Oh, yeah, because I bet, oh, I bet you in a couple days or maybe even now or tomorrow, I'm going to be looking on my feed and someone's going to say, oh, that is a sign. <sighs> we are in it. And it's that's that is literally driven from fear. My whole thing is when Adam and Eve ate the fruit, sin entered the world. Sin has always been here. Even if it wasn't made as public, it has always been there. Polygamy, you know, trans, maybe not with the whole— No, 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 no. No, maybe not with the whole, like, surgery thing, because maybe back in the day they weren't so, like— I don't know. know. You, If you read Paul's maybe. letter to the church in Corinth, historically, that was the first, like— city in ancient history to have like sex doctors specifically people who worked on uh issues with genitalia and reproductive organs so it's not it's not even like where is that corinth it was a port city so think of tortuga from pirates of the caribbean i'm talking about where i was saying like in the bible oh like corinthians the letter to the corinthians first and second yeah. So he talks about really specific, hey, these are the ideas of what men should do. These are the ideas of what women should do. Now, the portion that I'm talking about is all context that you would have to historically look for. Mm. It's not going like to be— Like, it's not with, straight out. No, no, no. It's not like— It's like you have to do And the Holy Spirit work. impressed on Paul, <laughs> hey, let them know that they have sex doctors in Corinth. No, that's not what happened. This is historical context Okay. of some of Paul's writing to the church in Corinth is so pointed when it comes to homosexuality, when it comes to the roles of males, when it comes to the roles of females, because of the type of city that Corinth was in. It was known for that. It was known as like, if you mix Tortuga from Pirates of the Caribbeans and Las Vegas, yeah. that's Corinth. It's like, um, what's that town over here that has... Oh my goodness! All of well, about? it's just known for being like very much voodoo and witchcraft. Oh, Casadega. Like, yeah, like you drive through, and I just we accidentally or I accidentally made mm -hmm. a wrong turn. I thought I knew a shortcut. We were going somewhere, I did not, and we went through there, and it just felt so dark mm -hmm. because every shop you go by is, you know, come get your tarot card reading, whatever. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is this has always all like it's been here. Yeah, it's nothing new. And it's it's just a fear of especially for people who have kids, it's like, well, if this if it's this bad, then what's it gonna be like for my kids when they get a little older or and it goes back to like God knew when they were gonna be born for the time that they were gonna be born. Mm-hmm. And another thing to remember is Jesus already has victory. Yep. And we forget that when we are constantly reminded and it's shoved in our face, then we get into fear. Yeah. So what do we, what, and, 
And I can tend to do that too Mm -hmm. when I am looking more online than I am in the word. Yeah. So what are we what are we feeding our and our podcast doesn't count as your word for the day, by the way. No. Go read your Bible. You know, like what are you you know, what are you listening more towards? Because the the reality is I saw someone oh it was a singer it was a Christian singer. I think I shared the reel with you and I think I shared it on our Instagram in the story. But he was saying like, are we really gonna let Sam Smith and his red leotard and his plastic horns going to get us all up in an uproar when in reality the devil was just playing. All he's got is to play in some costumes Mm. and we are getting in an uproar and fearful and afraid and we're like freaking out and we're freaking out for other people to see. That's exactly kind of what he would want. You know, he would want you to to be fearful and afraid and to cause an uproar. You know, I think there's a difference between being fearful and afraid and being, um, there's Bill, um, being someone who stands confident. Oh, absolutely. In truth. So the objective is not to make a big old uproar because, oh, I can't believe this. I think there, I say this all the time. There are people who are shepherds and there's people who are sheepdogs. And the shepherd's job is to point out the wolf so it can be put down. So there is a responsibility amongst Christians in the Christian context to point out what looks like a wolf. Now, the whole thing about the Grammys Like, I really do, and I know it sounds super nerdy, I really do think the people who are in an uproar about it, they are in an uproar about it because they don't understand, like, Jesus' great commission. Like, so you have these kind of like, we're going to get real theological now. Like, you have these three outlooks on the end times, and these things really do affect how you live now. So you have your... Like your pre-trib, your dispensationalist, those are the people, and this is going to sound really jerky, and I'm so sorry, and it's not meant to be, but these are the people who are like, I can't wait for Jesus to come back, MAGA 2024, like, we got to save this country. <laughs> like, yeah, I have never met a pre-trib dispensationalist who hasn't been kind of an anon. Like, I've not met because their whole thing is let's build a wall up. Let's protect ourselves because Jesus is coming back. And all we have to do is hold out as this world gets darker and darker and darker. The reality is the world's not getting darker. You know, King King Solomon in Ecclesiastes was very clear. There's absolutely nothing new under the sun. Now, we can get really weird with that and we can say, hey, maybe this isn't the first time we've had cars on the face of the earth. I'm not going to go down that tangent or anything. But or as it, Tobias would call it, a mobile. Or a mobile. A scooter is a mobile. But what I can say is that the heart of man has been the same since Adam blamed his wife for his disobedience than it is now. The only difference is you have more access. Like you read in the Old Testament, 
kingdoms were devoted to worshiping Baal and Molech and all these different false demonic gods openly. Yeah. That's why we go back to all the time that we were not we were not created to take in as much information. Yeah. And you know, like your TikTok was a thing, but now that whole thing is everywhere. Yeah. Like Facebook has it, Instagram has it. I don't have a TikTok, but I still have that swipe here, swipe, 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 swipe. And you're hit with something sad, something happy, something cute, something, yeah. Like, you know, you're just like, you're changing so quick and you're ta- and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. And we, I don't think we, we were never, I don't think we were created for that because it, it just messes with us and it plays these mind games and it makes us feel like, oh, like we're just in this horrible, horrible, horrible darkness reality. All those people and everyone was always that way. Like there's all been darkness, like you said. Like it's not darker. The darkness is still there. It's just we're seeing, we feel like we're seeing it so much more. Yeah. So to go back to kind of where I was headed to to tie that in is like, hey, it's more present. But what these what people do with that mindset that hey really pre-mill, Jesus is going to rapture me any mm-hmm. second now. Let's build our societal wall up. What they do is they completely always point to the world and say, you're getting worse, you're getting worse, you're getting worse. Now, again, it's not because the world is getting worse. It's just you're seeing more of the world for what it is rather than, you know, 40 years ago. 40 years ago, people would be, I mean, the USA is a, is a God-fearing country. <laughs> The reality is it probably wasn't, you know, like to be 100% honest. You just had your little circle. You, you just didn't had your know circle. what everybody else was doing. You didn't know doing. what was going on. You didn't know what was going on in the East. You had no clue what go- was going on in Europe because it was a bubble. It was a bubble that you lived in. You know, I would probably make an argument that a world that has a Hitler in it or a Mussolini or a Stalin is a little bit more – is probably worse than what we're having to deal with right now. So that whole idea of society's getting worse, Jesus is going to rapture me at any time. What that does is that makes you the figurehead who points at the world rather than points at the solution. So it's like, man, I just, I'm just waiting for Jesus to come back. And we all have somebody on our Facebook who probably posts that once or twice a month. Like, mm-hmm. man, it's getting so bad. I can't wait for Jesus to come back. But what that does, if that's your mindset and you're in this situation, you're going to look at things like Sam Smith and Beyonce, and it's just going to be further confirmation for you that the world is going downhill. It is. Like, we all know that. There's new creation that's going to happen, all those different things. But it's not because it's getting worse. It's just because you're getting more visible to it. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like, okay, so Jesus is going to rapture me at any time. We're not even going to talk about how rapture is not even a biblical word. But that's fine. Like, we're not even going to go there. We could go so many places. And then there's this post-trib, pre like post-trib where it's like, hey, we're working for this collective good. Things are going to progressively get better, and then Jesus is going to come back. You really don't have to worry a lot with that because what that does is that just kind of produces like stagnant. Like one of my best friends, he is a – he's a – post mail instead of a pre mail and we love each other. I hope he's doing really well at basic training right now, but we don't see eye to eye on this. 
So with that, you don't really look at the situation the same way somebody that's like a, a pre-trib, pre-mail, dispensational, all those different things. This is where I think the Great Commission and the gospel are, are very true. When Jesus said in Matthew 28, starting verse 18, he says, uh, what is it? He came to his disciples and he said, you know, go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing. Oh, he says, all authority in heaven and in earth has been given to me. That's the first thing that he says in verse 18. Mm-hmm. Then he says, go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them everything that I've commanded you, and I will be with you till the end of the age. So Jesus says that. The first thing he said is, I have all authority. So Now I, I'm giving it to you. Now I'm giving it to you. So I would— the church. He's not giving it to Peter. We're not Catholic. We don't we don't affirm. Right, 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 right. But what he's doing in that moment is he's showing that the authority is now being given to the church. So we would probably say through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. Yes. We would probably say that we're all millennialist. That we believe that this is the age of the church, that the actual gates of hell are being held back so that the church can move forward. That's what we believe. And if that's your posture, like if you're already looking at the end of your life with that in mind, like, hey, this is the age of the church, then when Sam Smith gets on stage or when Beyonce gets on stage and does this crap that they did or Lizzo does, tries to say amen in a very secular song, like you're not fooled. Like, yes, that's smoke and mirrors, but you're aware that this is the age that the church is going forward. So when crap like that happens, you don't have to be fearful because you know that that's just for what it is. It's smoke and mirrors. Now, does that type of content that you consume affect you? Yes. I would challenge you if those artists are the ones that you're listening to and you go to church on Sunday and sing about how great Jesus is, but you consume that during the week, I would encourage you to examine yourself. I'm yeah. Like that propagates a lifestyle that's contrary to the gospel. And what that does is that produces lukewarm Christians. We see clearly in Revelation 3:16 what happens to lukewarm Christians. And this is not a bash Christian session. This is not a bash you. This is not a bash what you view about the end times. This is just a really clear like Hey, Jesus is in control. He's got it. What are you consuming to be so fearful? Yeah. And it's, it's, this is just a really good thing to look at because if we are consistently being fearful and think posting on our, on our Facebook or on Instagram or whatever about how that was just so crazy and how we don't agree with it, like that, it's, it's doing nothing for for you or yeah. for anyone else. And the reality is, are we doing what we were commanded to do? If you have authority in Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, what are you doing with it? Yeah. It's just wasted. When, when your focus is not on making disciples mm-hmm. and, you know, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to do everything that Jesus has commanded us to do. My son and I, on Sunday, we were out of town, and luckily with with Austin, our church has an amazing online service, and I was serving through that and also working 
online and stuff. And so anyway, we were doing that. But before that service came on, we were listening to a Bible story podcast with the kids. And it was literally on, it was titled, The Gospel is Unstoppable. Mm. So if you truly believe that, we should not be fearful. No. We can stand and be confident in Jesus. And we have to constantly preach these things to ourselves because as humans, we are just so fleeting. Like we... We'll, we'll draw to this and we'll draw to that. It's, a, it's again, what we're consuming. We, we can change so quickly and get teetered off of that confidence in Jesus when we listen or when we watch other things. We're, we're like, I don't know, we're just like a bobblehead sometimes <laughs> that we can't. But we have to hold on to His truth and hold on to His Word and keep that at the center mm-hmm. and at the core. And anyway, so we were listening to this podcast. This verse was like the highlight and the theme of the podcast. And this, if you are a parent, this should, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. But anyway, this should, I guess, open your eyes. You know, you're teaching your kids. If you're teaching your kids that verse, this is what we are supposed to do as believers in Jesus we are to make disciples, which is basically teaching other people about Jesus and mm-hmm. His love and, and teaching them. And then you go, oh, crap, am I doing that? Mm-hmm. You know, like it makes you sit and think when you're teaching it to your kids, do they have an example to look at? Yep. Or are you that type of parent who just— They'll just go to church and figure that out. <laughs> They're good service. Mm-hmm. Because there's so many parents like that. But anyway, it was very, but it was really cool though. You'll enjoy this, I guess. I don't know, whatever. Oh. Or you'll be mad that I said something. <laughs> but in that moment with Tobias, and you know, my daughter, she's two, she's coloring something. She's half listening. She's, you know, a little bit there. But <laughs> Tobias was listening, and we got to talk after the podcast was over and have conversation about what that really meant. And I was like, you know, you know when Daddy has guys come over at night? Most of the time you're asleep, but sometimes you've been awake and you've seen them outside. Do you know what he's doing? He's discipling them. He's just hanging out. He's just talking about life. He's teaching them about Jesus. And they're all, you know, doing life together. And Daddy has— an older guy at work that he he can go to and ask questions and they're pouring into him. So, cause he doesn't know everything mm-hmm. and he's being discipled. And so to put that into an example and perspective for him was just really cool because I don't know, that's what it should be. I'm not saying that you or me or anybody's perfect, but. No, no, no. It, it just points to the reality. Like so many questions or so many times, not questions, but so many times we get asked, hey, what's the will of God for my life? I'm trying to navigate that. Literally, it's three things. He tells you. Okay, it's that. (laughs) Uh, But literally, you can find all three things that he wants for you in Scripture. Matthew 28, 16 through 20, I believe. Make disciples. Make disciples. Get them baptized. And then you don't, 
when somebody gets baptized, we don't clap and say, hallelujah, celebrate, and then just, all right, good luck. Yeah, and that's the thing. And that happens. So many times. So often. And see, discipleship is the entire process from evangelization till sanctification until the end of the grave. Like, you will not not be a disciple. Yeah. So, make disciples is number one. The other two things that God has in store for you for the will of your life is to be thankful always and pray without ceasing. You can read First Thessalonians all about that. That is yeah. That is literally the will of God for your life. No ifs, ands, or buts. It's not going to be anything different. It will be make disciples, be thankful, pray without ceasing. Yeah. See, and if discipleship is a scary word to you and you think, like, well, I don't know how to do that. Like, as I've heard so many people, and even, I don't know anything about the Bible. I can't even, I can't say anything. I can't, I don't have anything memorized. I don't know. I don't, don't talk to me about the mm-hmm. Bible. But they believe in Jesus. And so discipleship is so, it's, it's not hard. No. Like it's simple. But that word, it, I think it's, huh? I, I wouldn't say it's simple. Because no, 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 it, no. no. It, I'm trying to get people to, to understand that just doing life and when things come up, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, being able, you know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. no, that's going to be difficult sometimes when you have to point out, like, hey, dude, like, yeah, pornography, no. Like, yeah. or you're lusting after her, no. Or you're having thoughts about another woman and you're married, no. Like, let's look at this. That's difficult. Yeah, yeah that is hard. But that's that's what we were commanded to do, and that's yeah. part of it. Jesus never said it was going to be, like, easy. What I'm saying is simple. It's like, I feel like people think— People look at preachers and pastors and think that that's discipleship. And so they get nervous and scared, like, oh, I don't have the—I didn't go to theology class. I don't know the Bible in and out. I can't do that, so I'm just not going to. Yeah. That's what I'm—that's what I'm getting at. And there's a—and I'm not going to get all into discipleship because we do have an episode on that. You can go find that. I think it's titled, like, What is Discipleship? Mm-hmm. And we actually did several episodes. So go back, and we kind of walk you through, like, the how-tos. And even in last year's episodes, we were going through Romans and different mm-hmm. things. Austin teaches that, like, because he does that very well. But you can go back and listen to that. But at the end of the day, Grammys or something else that's going to happen tomorrow that's going to be plastered on the media and on social media everywhere. Okay. Like Yeah. Just because it's wrong, it does not require you to have this uproar attention grabbing response. Like, dude, we don't we don't affirm anything that happened. We don't affirm same sex attraction. Like we don't affirm like this whole transgender ideology. Like we don't affirm any of that. But what we don't do is when something like that happens, we downward spiral into this tangent and we feel like this is our moment to just bash everyone who falls into these categories. What revolutionizes and changes people's lives is when you begin to present the gospel where they are and let Jesus do the work. Not draw attention to yourself Talk about how much you want Jesus to come back on Facebook. 
You love people where they are. You pray for them where they are. And yes, there are absolutely people who will not be saved. And I hate that reality, but that's the reality that we live in. We see, even as the psalmist writes in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. that God scoffs at the that the kingdoms of man, when they believe that they are above him, he scoffs, he laughs on his throne at people who think they are more than what they are. So there are people throughout history, there will continue to be until Jesus comes back, people who will not taste the salvation of God. That sucks. But our response, our job is not to know who they are. Our job is to talk to everyone we possibly know about the goodness of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a much better thing, if you were to post something, would to be, yeah, the Grammys happened, but Jesus is good and he's already victorious. Let me tell you about him. Instead of making, again, the whole thing focused on how could this be and driven out of that fear. So if, Yeah, if you look at that situation through fear, you miss out. Brandon Lake had an opportunity to share the gospel yeah, from the stage. Great. Obviously, that's not broadcasted everywhere. No. But it was he was there, and that happened, and that was really cool. He has a, a real—on that, on his social media, that was really cool that— he got to talk about Jesus in his short few minutes, but it was really cool. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you even have things like we're throwing it back to where Chris Pratt basically shared the gospel on stage at an award ceremony. Oh, yeah, about, yeah. Yeah. Let's see. That's not— that. Those <laughs> moments get overshadowed by all the other BS. And th- another thing, too, is— when I see things like this happen and people act the way that they do, mm-hmm. that is blatantly like, you know, no fear of the Lord <laughs> whatsoever. Jesus said that would happen. Mm-hmm. He's not surprised. Nope. We should not be surprised. No. We don't affirm it, but we're not surprised by it. And we keep keeping on, you know. So that's it. There you go. We talked about the Grammys and that. <laughs> wow. That was a that was a fiery one. Yeah. Okay, so we're ending here really quick. I would love if you follow us on Instagram or on Facebook. If there is a topic that you're like, no one's talking about this, I want to hear what you guys think biblically. Please just send us a question, and we would love to talk about it. Yeah, please keep it um, faith-based, because I don't want to turn into Alex Jones. Wait, what is not faith-based? So, like— Everything is Well, I can automatically see somebody's going to, hey, why don't y'all talk about the Chinese balloon over Minnesota or Montana? Okay, yeah, if you send us that, I'll probably just ignore it. So, you know. I might. I might do one on my own. <laughs> but like I said, please don't please don't turn me into Alex Jones. Oh my gosh. Okay. Or if there's just a question that you have like someone um a friend of mine um she just kind of opened up to me the other day and was saying that, you know, she's been married for several years, has four kids, but it wasn't until her and her husband got married that she became a believer. Hmm. And they are looking to move from one town to another. They're trying to find a church um, because they're 
anyway, I think something happened at the church they were at, and so they were a bunch of people were leaving, and so mm. they left, and they were finding a new one close to where they want their new home to be, and they found a church. And so she asked me the question, is it biblical or okay if this church does, like, the Lord's Supper or communion every single Sunday? Sure. You know, anyway, but yeah, so I got to talk, but questions like that, yeah. like— you Listen, can I'll, ask whatever you want, and if we don't do it, we don't do it. I'll do the freaking Lord's Supper every day. <laughs> but we might. Every day. All day. Okay. Well, anyway, I told her, like, there's nothing wrong with that, but the issue comes is when you just get in the habit of it, and it's no longer special. I don't know, man. When we did it when we did it every month at Troy Church, or we did it— we did it often at Troy Church. Well, that's what I told her, too, is, like, I've been to churches where it's always—we're getting on a whole tangent about the Lord's Supper. Listen, we've got, we, we're too long. We Come back as we talk <laughs> about the Lord's Supper and communion. We we'll talked talk about ab- that already. We'll talk about—we'll talk about— No, I was just going to say, Eucharist. though, we had—we were at a church where they had the Lord's Supper— Oh my gosh! So full. The Lord's, <laughs> please keep that in there. We don't edit anything anymore. Um, where they had the Lord's Supper on a table or communion, whatever you would like to call it, on a table in the back, and it was like that. It was like if you feel mm-hmm. in the moment, like if you feel like you want to go and partake in that, you can leave your seat during this time and you can go do that mm-hmm. and come back. It wasn't. You know, a mandatory, like, everyone has to do this right now, even if you don't want to. Yes, you didn't have to, like, cross your arms (laughs) and they bless you or they put ash on your forehead. Okay, anyway. So, yeah. Anyway, what I'm saying is, like, questions like that. Like, nothing is—don't think anything's too dumb or— Nothing's off Whatever. Ask whatever. If we would like to talk about it, we'll talk about it. Yeah. And if not— We'll ignore you. I'm just kidding. Yikes. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm the ignore out of the two. Okay. So our Instagram is at the Struggles We Grow From podcast. We are also on Facebook as well. And you can also check out, we do have a YouTube channel with a few family style vlogs on there, whatever. They're not, I did just upload one that was kind of late. <laughs> we don't do that super often, but there are some on there yeah. of us and the kids. So check us out there. We love you guys, and we'll see you back here next time. That's right. We'll see you back here next time. But if here's my question. I'm oh sorry. My gosh. I'm going to hijack it. You were literally the one that was just saying how long this It's was. a great idea. If Sydney's going to open up a business, should she call it the struggles we bake from? No. The struggles we bread from. That's horrible. The bread that we struggle That was not from. my idea at all. Maybe in an episode I'll tell you all about my store idea. And y'all can give me your feedback on if you think it's smart or not. Welcome back to the struggles we bred from. No. It was either um, Homestead Love or the Homestead Co. Wow. Whatever. Anyway. I like this. Wow. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye. (laughs)